What's good? Welcome to the Calcio Corner Podcast, where we cover all corners of Italian football. My name is Raffaele. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. You can also listen on SoundCloud. I thank those of you that are taking the time to listen to the fourth episode of the Calcio Corner Podcast. You can follow the Calcio Corner on Twitter. It is at the Calcio Corner. Feel free to send us questions, comments, and we will address some of them on upcoming episodes. You can also follow my personal Twitter account. It is at Italiano Calcio. If you already follow those accounts, I thank you. We're going to talk um, a bit about Italy's two Euro qualifier, uh, Euro 2020 qualifiers, as well as, of course, addressing all the latest news and rumors in the Italian media. So let's start off with those uh, two Euro qualifier games. The first one uh, was this past Saturday, a game against Greece in which Italy won 3-0. First 25 minutes or so, not much was happening. Then all of a sudden, the floodgates opened up. Belotti, he made a nice run and uh, assist for the Berella goal to give Italy the one nothing lead. Then just a few minutes later, Insigne scored with a little touch of magic to make it 2 nothing. And then before you could even blink, Emerson is crossing in a ball and Bonucci headed it home for the goal to put Italy up 3 nothing. And the rest was history. I mentioned it on uh, Twitter at the time uh, that there was a lot of criticism from people um, criticizing Mancini for giving the start to Insigne and even Belotti in attack. Uh, but both proved why they deserve to get the start. They both played uh, good games. You can't um, be willing to only take the good moments when these players perform if you're not willing to accept the bad moments. Uh, it's not realistic for any player, you know, in this instance, Insignia and Belotti, to always put in these great performances for the Azzurri. So you got to be willing to take the good with the bad. Uh, this game, certainly good from the two of them. Uh, they both did a lot offensively to help give Italy the win. So Mancini, he proved his critics wrong with this game by giving those two the start. In the second half of the game against Greece, it left uh, very little to desire. Italy were pretty much content with holding on to the ball and just playing out the game and not allowing Greece to create any chances. Italy did have a few more chances to add to their lead, but didn't, and ended up just winning 3-0. Very positive game for Italy as a whole. These are the type of games that you want to see from Italy when they're facing an inferior opponent like Greece. A game in which they kind of win with ease. They don't have to really exert themselves for the full 90 minutes and sweat it out. Um, it was just a nice, easy win for them. So got to give Roberto Mancini and those players a lot of credit. For me, in this game uh, against Greece, Nicola Barella, he was the real uh, player that stood out for me. Not just the goal he scored, but he uh, he played really well all around. He's a very good player in that midfield. Uh, he did a great job recovering the ball. That's something that he's kind of become known for. If you watched in this past season at Cagliari, and there's no surprise why teams like Inter, Milan, uh, PSG, those three clubs, uh, plus a few others, are so interested in wanting to sign Barella this summer, um, and why he could cost at least 50 million euro. Very talented player. Of course, he had that um, kind of funny moment where he kicked the ball out of frustration at the uh, at the end of the field, and it kicked the ball boy in the face. Um, kind of a funny moment, but I guess not if you're that ball boy. I hope Barella hooked him up maybe with some signed jersey or something to help make up for it. The second game was played yesterday as I'm recording this podcast on a Wednesday afternoon. So yesterday, Italy beat Bosnia 2-1 on a late goal from Marco Verratti. Bosnia played Italy really, really well in this game. They made nothing easy for the Azzurri. I'll say this. Uh, if this was the Italy team from about a year and a half ago to two years ago, when Italy were at the height of their struggles, this is a game that they lose easily to Bosnia. They gave the Azzurri the best, like I said, but Italy kept on fighting. 
and persevering. Um, this is a great win, though, for Italy. Two polar different wins uh, between the game against Greece, which was kind of a mind-numbing victory once they got those three goals in that 10-minute span. Both teams pretty much accepted that that was going to be the result. This, on the other hand, a game that Italy had to show a lot of grit, had to gut this one out and show their toughness and show kind of that old-school throwback Italy uh, mentality. Uh, Bosnia took the 1-0 lead heading into halftime with Edin Dzeko scoring, a player obviously very familiar to a lot of these Italian players playing uh, with Roma. Uh, but then in the start of the second half, Lorenzo Insigne it was that man again who curled in a shot, a beautiful shot to give uh, the tie for Italy. And then it was Insigne in the 85th minute who picked out Verratti, who was left unmarked in the box and curled one in for the game winner. And that goal had to feel good for Marco Verratti. Here's another player that has received his fair share of criticism when it comes to wearing the Azzurri shirt. Um, so again, between you know the two games, Insigne playing well and scoring, Verratti scoring the game winner, two heavily criticized players for the Azzurri, both coming up big, had to feel good for them. Big win for Italy. Um, this is the type of win that kind of makes you feel that Italy are turning that corner, that they, they have confidence in each other, confidence in themselves, the player next to them, confidence in their coach, Roberto Mancini. He seems to be working some magic with the Azzurri and getting us back on track. Best player for me over these two uh, games was Lorenzo Insigne, not just for the two goals he scored and the assist. He just uh, played really well all around, creating chances, and he proved, again, a lot of critics wrong, and not only why he's worthy of being on the national team, but why he should be a starter. He's kind of one of those players that have been synonymous with being a really good player for his club with Napoli, but then as soon as he puts on the national team shirt, he kind of isn't that same type of player. Uh, you see other players. Uh, I've been reading all over Twitter and the internet. Romelu Lukaku can't get it done with his club right now with Manchester United. But when he puts on that Belgium shirt, he turns into this totally different player in a beast that can't stop scoring. Uh, so some players are just like that. But Insigne coming up big for Italy in these two games. Italy, first place in their qualifying group with the full 12 points that you could have after four games. Finland are in second place with nine. So Italy in a great position to qualify for the Euros next summer. They have full control over their own destiny, and that's what you want. You don't want to be put into a scenario where they were uh, with World Cup qualifying, where you have to rely on other teams to get certain results, or obviously they had to go through the playoffs with Sweden. You just want to control your own destiny. You put yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what Italy have done through four qualifiers so far. Uh, I wanted to break down some of the news and headlines and rumors in um, Italy, in the Italian media that's being reported right now, in kind of a different segment called Buy It or Sell It. Pretty self-explanatory with the name. I'm going to read a headline, a statement, a rumor, and tell you whether I buy it, whether I believe it, whether I think it's good, or whether I sell it, uh, something that I would reject or disagree with. So we'll start off the first one, Buy It or Sell It, Roma's decision to hire Paolo Fonseca. I buy this. Don't really know too much about Fonseca, if I'm being honest. I don't follow Shakhtar or the Ukrainian Football League much. But he did win the league title there with Shakhtar in each of the three seasons he was there. So that is obviously good and promising. He was also named the best coach in the Ukrainian League for the 2016-2017 season. Also a positive, so check that off if you're a Roma fan. He took Shakhtar two years ago to the round of 16 in the Champions League. That is another check if I'm a Roma fan. They were in the same group as Napoli um, and qualified ahead of Napoli uh, again in that group. And if you recall who knocked them out in the round of 16 of the Champions League, it was Roma, ironically enough. 
Roma failed to qualify for the Champions League this past season. They're going to go through some sort of rebuild. Not a major rebuild, but some sort of a rebuild. And you're not going to really attract a big-name coach when you're not in the Champions League or one of the big clubs in Europe. I wouldn't have mind seeing them keep Claudio Ranieri. I think the players kind of liked him, but I'm also a little biased towards Ranieri. So that's not going to taint my decision of them hiring Paolo Fonseca. I hope Fonseca has a lot of success at Roma. He, he said that his team is going to play an attacking style of football, play with confidence, and really go out there and try to get the results that Roma should be earning. Um, I reached out to some people on Twitter that follow the Ukrainian Football League a lot more closely, and the collective overall response I got from the few people is that he's committed to playing some young players, which really does bode well for Roma, given they have a lot of key young players on this team. Uh, Zaniolo, Cristante, Under. Cliverd and Luca Pellegrini. These are key young players that could become cornerstones for this club. So um, if if it's true that Fonseca likes to prioritize and rely on some of his young players and he's not afraid to go with them and roll the dice with them, this is a positive for Roma. So that's another check for them. Um, I did mention Roma, I think, are going to go undergo a bit of a rebuild. Again, obviously, we all know De Rossi's gone. So this kind of in uh, ushering in a whole new era for Roma, but they're still kind of aiming high. You you read about them wanting to sign Matteo Cardi from Inter in a, in a deal that would send Dzeko the other way. So it's not like uh, James Pelota is just sitting on his hands. It sounds like he wants to still be a bit aggressive while at the same time, uh, you know, undergoing a bit of a rebuild. So yeah, I, I buy this move, like I said. I, I feel from Fonseca's standpoint, this is a nice jump in his coaching career. It could be the perfect club to help, you know, catapult him to that next level if he could get there. Um, he's going to be coaching in Serie A, a far more competitive league, one of Europe's best leagues compared to the Ukrainian Football League. And Roma, again, in Italy are a big club, um, not necessarily throughout Europe as big a club, but domestically they are a, a big club with a strong following. So I think it's an appropriate jump for Fonseca in his career. Um, now, I'm not saying that Juve even ever had the slightest thought of hiring Fonseca, but for the point I'm trying to make, if he went from coaching Shakhtar to coaching Juve, at this point in his career, that would be way too big of a jump. I think he'd be drowning by, you know, October, not really knowing what to do at a club like Juve where the expectations are so high. Not saying Roma don't have high expectations, but at this point in his career, it's a nice move for Fonseca. Just talking about this, you know, new coach uh, for Roma, it really makes you think, if you take a step back, think of the coaching carousel that we're seeing happen in Italy this summer. There's always coaching changes, but I can't recall the last time you know, all these big clubs in Italy are all looking for new coaches or have just hired new coaches. Milan still need a coach, although we think it's going to be Marco Giampaolo. Inter hired a new coach this summer, Antonio Conte. Juve are in need of a new coach. We all think it's going to be Maurizio Sarri, but Pep Guardiola's name keeps being lingered out there. And it kind of makes you wonder the longer the Sarri drama drags on, is it really because they are trying all that they could to convince Pep Guardiola? That's for a whole nother podcast. Roma just hired Paolo Fonseca. All these teams needing new coaches this summer. All these are for the bigger clubs in Italy. Napoli, of course, sticking with Carlo Ancelotti, and rightfully so. They're arguably one of the only top five clubs that in Italy that did not hire a new coach this summer. So a lot of turnover. And then, of course, some of the mid-table teams, the lower-level teams, also getting new coaches. So crazy turnover this summer in Italy. Second buyer or sell it. Milan should not sell Donnarumma because he is their best player. This one I sell. It's being talked about in the Italian media that PSG and Manchester United are both very interested in Italy's number one goalie. The figures being thrown out there are 60 million euro. 
And if these two teams really are interested in him, it could um, spark a bidding war, which would bode well for the Rossoneri. Look, Milan finished in fifth place. They did not reach their goal of qualifying for the Champions League with Donnarumma. That doesn't mean you blow up the whole thing, but you probably would have finished in that range even without Donnarumma if he had started someone like Pepe Reina, obviously a very serviceable backup. I'm not trying to diminish the importance of a goalie. Uh, I, if you've been following me on Twitter for a while, how many times over the past few seasons did I say how key Handanovic has been for Inter and without him, where would Inter be in the table? So I'm not trying to diminish the role of a goalie, but Donnarumma is the most attractive piece that Milan have to offer. They are in a financial bit of a difficulty, right, with uh, UEFA financial fair play and whatnot and their ownership situation. So if Donnarumma could uh, fetch you $60 million plus, which would allow you to go out and buy one or two big players to overall help the roster, I'm in favor of that if you think it's a good value, a good offer. And Milan have two viable options backing him up. Pepe Reina, as I mentioned, Obviously, we all know what he could do. They also have the youngster, youngster Alessandro Plizzari, who just got finished playing with uh, the Italy's under-20 side in the World Cup. Had a nice show in there. Uh, it would be a massive leap if, uh, you know, Milan went into next season with Plizzari, a guy that only had played up in Serie B most recently. But, um, hey, we have seen young goalies in the past in Italy come out and surprise you and have big seasons. Obviously, Dunaruma, when he first came up with Milan, Remember Simone Scufet a few seasons ago with Udinese? And how about Alex Meret uh, this past season with Napoli? So again, you could get $60 million plus for Donnarumma. Given Milan's financial situation, I'm not saying I'm opposed to doing it if the deal you feel is right if you're the Rossoneri. Next buyer sell it. Juve willing to include Paolo Dybala in an offer to Manchester United to bring back Paul Pogba. This one I buy. It seems pretty clear that Dybala wants to leave Juve and go somewhere where he could be a centerpiece of a team's attack. Uh, his name has come up in a potential swap deal with Icardi and Inter. It's come up again, as I just mentioned, with Manchester United and Paul Pogba. Pogba, he's beloved in Turin by those Juve fans. He loves Italy. He loves Juve. He loves the city of Turin. Um, so you certainly get the impression that if Juve are willing to part ways with Dybala, why not? send him to Manchester United if that's a place he's interested in going. If you're going to give up a top talent like Dybala, a young player, you might as well bring back another young, highly touted player like Paul Pogba, one that you know fits into that city, could play in Serie A, and can dominate. Um, for Manchester United, why not get Dybala, right? Uh, if you compare him in attack with a player like Marcus Rashford, that's a pretty good young attack. You have Anthony Martial as well. Uh, that's certainly a, a, an attack that would instill some fear in some of the Premier League clubs. Uh, Mila, um, excuse me, Juve obviously are also being linked to Lazio's Milinkovic-Savic. So you wonder would they bring in Savic and Pogba. But you got to keep this in mind. And this kind of goes back to last summer with them bringing in Cristiano Ronaldo. They have one mission. Yes, they want to win the Scudetto. Yes, they want to win Coppa Italia. But there's one mission that they've been after for the past few seasons. And that's to win the Champions League. This team is built to win the Champions League. It's built to go and host, hoist that trophy. That's all this club is obsessed with doing at this point. You have Ronaldo for a few more seasons. You have a loaded roster. If it's not now, it may never happen anytime soon. So, again, we keep saying, would they sign Pogba and Milinkovic-Savic? Probably not for financial reasons, but you never know. Uh, if you gave up Dybala for Pogba and really didn't have to spend any cash in that type of transfer... Maybe then that obviously frees up the money to bring in Milinkovic-Savic. Everything uh, Juve does is obsessed with winning the Champions League, so I'm not taking anything off the table when it comes to this club. 
when it comes to bringing in talent. If they could add talent, upgrade a position, then they will do it to win that Champions League. On a side note, if you're working in Juve's um, marketing department, you already got Cristiano Ronaldo, who along with Messi is obviously the most marketable player, not just in football, but in all of sports and all of the world. And if you could bring back Paul Pogba, he's another very likable, marketable player. So Juve's uh, marketing team could have a dream scenario with Ronaldo, Pogba on the same roster. The possibilities are endless. Next buy it or sell it. The Italian media is reporting that Lazio and Iron Robin could be a match made in heaven. This one I buy as well. Uh, if you recall, one of Robin's former teammates from Bayern Munich, Miroslav Klose, he joined Lazio a few seasons ago. Had a few good years there. I think he scored over 50 goals in Serie A. It was kind of like a weird surprise signing at the time. When Klose signed with Lazio, it really didn't make sense to many people. It was kind of a weird pairing. But it worked out well. And, and I'm not saying Robin is at that same point in his career that Klose was when he joined Lazio. But Robin certainly could still provide a little bit of spark. Barely saw the field this past season at Bayern Munich, uh, everyone knew he was leaving. Obviously, he doesn't have the same legs that he used to have. Uh, he was one of the most dangerous threats on the wing at his peak of his career. But you're not bringing him to Lazio to be the man or to be this key player. He would definitely be a serviceable player that adds depth to this team. Um, and if you look at Lazio's attack, they have a pretty good attack with Chero Immobile, Caicedo, Luis Alberto, Joaquin Correa. If you throw Robin in there for a little change of pace, uh, pro provide some depth, only have him come off the bench, give you 25 minutes off the bench. He could certainly do this. I don't see why Lazio would not want to sign him. It's a free transfer. It would only cost you the salary. It sounds like Robin is open to playing at, in Italy, and Lazio's name has been popped up in his, um, in his mind. So if I'm Lazio, I make this happen. Claudio Lotito should certainly explore this option. Next one, buy it or sell it. Brescia should sell their midfield star, Sandro Tonali, and cash in on him now. This one I sell 100%. Brescia, of course, are back in Serie A, which I think is great. You think about some of the great uh, Italian players that this club has had in their history. Guys like Roberto Baggio, Andrea Pirlo, Luca Toni. They have a new owner who took over a few seasons ago, Massimo Cellino. <clears throat> if you remember, he previously owned Cagliari in Leeds in uh, England. Cellino came out and said the other day that uh, Brescia will not sell Sandro Tonali. So at least that's what he's saying publicly, but I do believe him. He says uh, he also said that now Brescia have an owner that could pay its bills, obviously talking about his financial stability. And he did say that his club is not in the uh, market of selling their best players. And instead, they're looking to bolster their team. Of course, Brescia want to stay up in Serie A and keeping Sandro Tonali would only help their chances. He's only 19 years old. It would be smart for Cellino to um, hold on to him for at least another season or two. Hope he goes out and plays well in Serie A against Better competition, more exposure, and you can see that price tag skyrocket. Um, between last year when he kind of first was blown up in Serie B and he got the call up to the national team and first really got that national exposure, <clears throat> um, he was being linked to teams like Juve and even Liverpool in the Premier League. So big clubs are already on to Sandro Tonali. So I like Cellino's decision to hold on to um, him, let him play at least one season in Serie A and prove his real worth. On a side note with Brescia, they have been linked to Mario Balotelli, who has really never denied or hidden the fact that he would love to return to Italy. For those of you that don't know, Mario Balotelli, born in Palermo, uh, Sicily, but when he was about two years old, he moved up north with his family to Brescia. So he is very familiar with the region. It would kind of be a bit of a homecoming for him if he were to sign there, so that would be 
pretty cool if that happened. All right, final, buy it or sell it. Gianluigi Buffon should return to Juventus. I saw this one. Uh, in my opinion, that ship has sailed. He, We had the emotional goodbye two seasons ago. He went and played last season with PSG. I don't think it was everything he thought it would be at PSG. He was split in time as the starter. I'm not saying that Buffon doesn't have any future with Juve. <clears throat> of course, that's the club that he's most synonymous with. I'm sure he'll return to the club in some capacity in the future in terms of management, ambassador, something. But right now, Juve have a number one in Chesney, um, who's their starter, their clear-cut starter. I can't see Buffon returning to Juve and serving as anyone's backup there for a position that he held for so long. Uh, if I'm Buffon, where I would like to go if I want to go to Italy, I would go to Parma, the club where he kind of really first became Buffon and announced himself uh, on a national level. What a storybook ending that could be for his career if this is, in fact, his final season. Parma really don't have a solidified number one. This past season, they had the youngster Luigi Seppe, who was on loan from Napoli. Uh, so why not try and make a run at Buffon, convince him to come back? Parma, who were just back in Serie A for the first time last season um, in a while, they they played good. They had a, about 75% of that season. They were very competitive. If you recall, they had wins at Inter, at Torino, and Torino was a very strong team this season. They drew against Juve at the Allianz. Uh, but then middle of March kind of rolled around and perhaps Parma were knowing that they were going to be safe and the classic case of the drop-off happened and they kind of had a lot of draws and losses, so they finished a lot lower in the table than it looked like they were heading towards. But overall, a strong first season back in Serie A. Adding Buffon would certainly add a bit of intrigue <clears throat> to this club next season. And we mentioned Balotelli with Brescia. He's also been linked to Parma. So imagine Parma next season with Buffon in goal, Balotelli in attack. Um, Gervinho on the wing running all over the place that would be a fun team to watch next season one final note before we sign off for this episode of the podcast Roma announced today that they have to pull out of the International Cup preseason tournament that is held here in the United States since they will be competing in the Europa League playoffs to qualify for that around that same time so they're going to pull out of that competition to focus on qualifying for the Europa League replacing Roma is Fiorentina this is a great opportunity for Fiorentina uh, with their new Italian-American owner, Rocco Comiso. He's not wasting any time. He's getting right into this, trying to grow the brand of Fiorentina on an international level. Um, I just have a feeling that Comiso is going to do a great job with this club. I'm very excited to see where he and how high he could take Fiorentina. Um, he gets it. He built a business here in the United States, Mediacom, his, um, his own company, started it from the bottom and really built it up into this multi-billion dollar company that it is. And I think he will do a great job with Fiorentina, apply a lot of that same mentality, a lot of those um, lessons and whatnot that he learned with running Mediacom. He'll apply it to Fiorentina and he's doing a great job by getting them into the International Cup here in the United States, this preseason tournament, getting some uh, global exposure here in the U.S. We've seen it work out really well for Roma. They've been coming to the U.S. for the past few summers and living here in the New York tri-state area, I've seen their presence and their popularity grow. So Rocco Comiso trying to do the same thing with Fiorentina. Smart move by him. That'll do it for the fourth episode of the Culture Corner podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Once again, please subscribe on iTunes. It's on Podbean, like I said, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. You can listen along as well. Feel free to leave a rating and comment. That would be greatly appreciated. Until next time, ciao.